Welcome to the Radically Embodied Love Podcast. Get ready to enter the portal of your cosmic heart so you feel bliss, joy, and union within. With each episode, you will learn practical ways to embody love in your life so it is felt and experienced. Co-hosted by Nasreen Barbeck and Jessica Falcon. Welcome to the Radically Embody Love podcast with myself, Jessica Falcon, and co-host Nas Barbic. We are so excited to have you today as we talk about what it is like to walk the path of soul, what it means when you're on a soul path and you don't see a lot of other people around you on a soul path and you might feel really alone or different or like you don't belong or they don't want to hear you and your deeper truths or go as deep as you go and that can be really unsettling it can be frustrating it can feel really lonely and how to stay centered within yourself how to remain focused on the path to soul even when others around you are not on that path. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. And I've specifically specifically created an offering to help all of you who are on that path. I've heard from so many clients and people from around the world who feel like they're alone. And I know I have felt like that so many times, even when I had spiritual communities around me. I didn't necessarily feel like they were soulful because there's a difference. (laughs) The soulful is more of that embodied approach to spirituality. Instead of just going up or out there, staying in the spiritual realms, it's about living that way, speaking that way, choosing that way, aligning everything you do to that divine within And in order to support those of you who desire that level of support, I have what's called Soul Embodiment Sundays launching in October. I'm excited, which is actually kind of right around our one year anniversary nest for the podcast. And October 22nd, I believe is the first day. It's a Sunday. We'll meet once a month on Sundays at 12 p.m. Eastern time. You can check your time zone. And we'll meet for about an hour, do embodied meditations, receive a wisdom teaching, and it's only $13 a month. So it's a really good way to be in community and to learn more deeply how to connect to soul, your body, its wisdom, open up energetic channels and life force energy, and also receive support on the path. So it keeps you anchored because that's what it's really about. It's Remaining anchored, remaining anchored in soul, even when you can't see the results yet. It's remaining anchored in your inner truth. That's what it's really about. Yeah. And I remember, uh, Jessica, as you mentioned, when I started this path, soon after I felt this deep desire to connect deeper than ever but then I had no one around me that I felt is willing to connect in that deep level that I was seeking and um, and I hear this often that 
path of awakening can be a lonely path at the beginning until we find our crowd and find our people because there is a power in the community and awakening together because we're not, uh, we are a soul, but we are not alone, right? There's this, and then the energy and the consciousness of a group and community can help us go deeper. And, um, you know, there was a, master uh, Ramana Maharshi that would not talk and even though he was a full awakened person enlightened person but he would say just being here with me sitting with me and being in this energy I don't need to say anything and that was the truth because people who were uh, among the group that were always with him would find insight and go deeper where just being around Ramana Maharshi. So there is something to that, that when we are in the right community, soulful, you call it, which I like that. And, you know, this community, I know for me in my journey, kept changing because as you go deeper, you might want to upgrade in a way too, right? Because you find your group eventually and you settle in people who are willing to live their path, not just talk about it or be an idea, but truly living the path. And um, it's a wonderful place to be when you're among that group because not only you feel belong that deep connection opens up it has been my experience a deeper experience in your reality and not only that if you're curious and you're joining these people then you're opening up a door that you didn't even know that might exist by somebody saying something and triggering something within you. So definitely I highly recommend for anybody, especially if you're in a path of awakening and it matters to you, right? Because of course you is the commitment of your thoughts, the integrity of the place, all of this matter, but is a commitment you're making to yourself. And it's important to you to open up in that space with the open heart to give and receive. And that can be a beautiful place to grow and uh, blossom in your journey. You know, what you said about the teacher, I think it's because when we set the intention and then we create the space to receive, to allow, to be, that's when our innate wisdom rises into our consciousness, into our awareness, especially in an energy in which that is already cultivated because our body is constantly talking to us. It is never not communicating to us, but we aren't taught in the society how to communicate with the body and receive its wisdom, receive its message to dialogue with the body, all of which I teach in this group because it's so important. We cannot live soul 
and not be in the body. Like the, 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 the soul, in order to live a soulful path, we have to be connected to the body's wisdom. Otherwise, we're just in our mind, which is not soul, which is not heart, which is <laughs> not wisdom. It's intelligence. It might be knowledge, but it's usually what we gain from outside of us. It's usually information we have garnered or gathered or been taught or been told. And that's what, when I started on my own path, like I had such a hard time with, I had been you know, an attorney around very intellectual people had always been really intellectual myself. I know you too, Nas, as a former engineer. And when I started waking up to my body and its feelings and these kind of, wow, energetic experiences and energy moving through me, I literally felt like I was living in a completely different world than the people next to me. So even though we're in the same room, <laughs> with same kind of jobs I felt so alone next to them like they had no concept of my world no concept of how I chose to live why I chose to live that way whether it was what I ate they would make fun of the food I was eating they would you know look at me like I was weird and different because I was more radical so to speak than they were and so it felt, um, it, it, I, part of me felt proud of myself for sticking to it, even though so many people around me didn't understand what I was doing. And yet it also felt frustrating that I couldn't really connect to people around me because like you, I also wanted deeper connection. I wanted to feel seen for who I really was and not just some random conversation. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, as you said, we do want deeper connection, but the, going back to what you said, the importance of connecting with our body is we cannot have that deeper connection with ourselves if we are not connected to our body because consciousness includes everything our body, cellular memory are there and there is an intelligence, there are messages for us. And if we are not in our body, which most of us, when we have it, we, we all have traumas in different degree, but we choose to leave our body because it's hard to live and feel is a safety me mechanism that we use. And then we continue with that. What we are missing is that deep connection, soul connection with ourselves, and all the wisdom of our body. So I think like before we can create that deep connection with another being, it requires us that deep connection with ourselves, And that means that learning to embody and learning to see, hear, touch our own essence through our body. So we become very intimate with ourselves so we can be intimate and create that intimacy with others. Exactly. We cannot expect intimacy from a partner or a family member or a friend, anyone. We're not intimate with ourselves. And I think that's really misunderstood because we tend to, right, look to the external. Mm -hmm. Oh, I want to experience intimacy in my relationship. Great. 
good awareness. Great to know that's your desire. But the first question to ask yourself is how intimate am I with myself? How intimate am I with my own needs and feelings and desires and wisdom and body and what it wants and how I really want to move through my day and, and what actually interests me and what I'm really drawn to, not because I think I am, right? But like the real deep inner draw. Mm-hmm. And then we get to express that to another because we feel safe being vulnerable, right? Because mm-hmm. we've done the inner work to feel safe being seen for who we are, because we feel safe facing the possibility of judgment, because we like, which was our last episode, right? Mm-hmm. Facing the fear of judgment. Mm-hmm. When we feel safe um, being heard and our deep truths, when we feel safe being seen in our power, right? All of this is the inner work that creates the capacity to be intimate, which is frankly, why it's so hard to find other people having soulful, deep, intimate conversations because they haven't done the inner work yet and they haven't developed the capacity yet because it takes, yes, connecting to the body. But as soon as we go into and connect to the body, what do we do? We feel because the body is the subconscious mind and it's where we feel. It's also deeply connected to our emotional body and so when we go into and start to be in the body in the physicality the emotions rise to the surface everything you might have been pushing aside for years and years and years that happened to me like when I first started doing healing work because of a chronic pain and injury from accident I was like whoa this like I never considered myself angry like I was like I'm not angry I'd be like I'm not angry I'm fine, right? Like, I have no feelings. I'm good. And yet, as soon as I got in my body, I'm like, whoa, <laughs> like, so much anger inside of me and, and, and so much grief inside of me and frustration and resentment and bitterness at, at all the times that, right? Like, I didn't speak for myself or I wasn't heard or the other person devalued me. And I had just been like, I'm fine. I'm okay. I live from the throat up. My mind tells me I shouldn't feel anything, so I don't. My mind tells me I'm okay, so I am. My mind tells me I shouldn't care, so I don't. And I would just go into the thoughts and the mind and never actually be radically honest with myself enough to acknowledge, well, why was I afraid of not of acknowledging emotions? Because I was told they were weak. We're told it's weak. We're told it's weak to feel it's feminine, right? It's mm-hmm. weak. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I was afraid of the judgment of that because mm-hmm. I consider myself really strong and mm-hmm. intelligent and professional. And we're told feelings are the opposite of strong. Mm-hmm. And so it's the same, you know, even in the spiritual community, you know, oh, well, being in the body, you're feeling your body. Well, that's weak, right? You're supposed to just be zen calm and nothing should matter and nothing should bother you and you really shouldn't care about life at all like that's not the reality of soul that is not the reality of living a life of pleasure and joy and freedom and ecstasy that's not embodiment and and we have to heal this split that we've created in this collective through our own shift in consciousness and actually allow ourselves to live in and through the body and feel (laughs) yeah 
I mean, if you think about, you know, what is the purpose of our being in life, right? Some might say, and I agree, isn't it just happiness? Isn't that what we're seeking? But how do we get to that happiness? And if we're not really living in our body and in touch with our feeling and emotion, which, I mean, one reason we want to do that is just be aware of trauma that we've gone through and the healing. And through that release, all this energy that is literally potential that we have in there, but it's cooked up there because it is going around and it's stuck energy that has no way out because we're not willing to open our heart, open what needs to be opened for it to release. And therefore, we will never get to that true joy and happiness that we're seeking because when our attention is out, as you were saying, we think our joy and happiness depends on the right partner, depends on the right job, depends on the right something. And soon, with that false idea, our search starts, and we spend all this time and effort, and yet when we get there, soon enough we realize, oh, maybe it wasn't this. Maybe I just need a better, live in a different country, live in a different area, or have a different job. Then we start looking again out there for something that we think it might make us happy. But to bring all that back in, like a black hole that sucks everything in, you know, and then how much potential is in there? Just to look within and then the realization sooner or later comes in that in deepest sense, we do create our own experience. We have a choice, but we only have a choice when we are aware of what's going on within us. Otherwise, none of us, I sometimes feel like we are like puppets just reacting. And literally, sometimes I imagine these lines are going on and everybody just reacting to whatever. And they think they have a choice. They think they're making a decision. But are they really? So in that deeper sense, how can we create that deeper joy and happiness if we don't take the time to go within? Because if I don't know who I truly am, and I have this false idea about who I might be, the role that I've been playing, then in that illusion, I would again create an elusive connection that's, it would never be deeply satisfying. And I think for most of us, we always feel that. I remember one thing that I always wanted was that deeper connection and love. And I was seeking it outside of myself. Keep changing partner, thinking, no, it's not this one. No, it's not that one, right? But what I didn't know, what I was seeking, everything that I was seeking in my life, I could only get it from within. And... There also is something to be said. Absolutely. We cannot experience deep connection with others without deep connection to self. And I think that's where the feeling of loneliness can come in is when you have developed that capacity 
to feel connected, to be connected, to go deep. And the people around you haven't. And, and, and then you want to experience that externally too. And a friend and a conversation and a partner, sometimes even in line at a grocery store, you know, sometimes you have those random, like, wow, that was a deep, profound spiritual connection. Like, it's so beautiful when that mm-hmm. happens. Like yesterday I was sitting at the river and, and a woman walked up to me and, and saw something I was working on. And we just sat there and had a deep, soulful conversation for 15 minutes. And I just love, you know, when that happens mm-hmm. and, and, you know, Quickly, I, I just want to make a distinguished the way I said between feeling lonely and being alone. Mm-hmm. You can be alone and not feel lonely. And of course, you do want that connection. That's our human, you know, ness that wants to feel understood, seen, heard, right? But because I I do remember when I felt lonely and that loneliness went away. Now I do seek to be in presence of others, similar minded people, because I grow from that. I get enjoyment from that. But I don't necessarily feel that loneliness, that ache that I was feeling before. Does that make sense? Yeah, I would say for me, good, good clarification. I would say for me, I, when I'm alone, never feel lonely mm-hmm. because I have an incredibly deep, intimate, fulfilling relationship with myself. But I remember in my, um, in my marriage that I felt incredibly lonely mm-hmm. next to my partner. I would feel so good when I was alone. But when I was next to my partner, I remember lying in bed, having the realization, I feel way more alone with him than I do by myself. And I, I've heard clients say that because we can feel lonely when we're in a crowd and can't connect to anyone because they can't go there. And and I think that's, that's the difference for me mm-hmm. of like, that's why it can be easier to stay alone. Right. Mm-hmm. In, in some ways, because um, when we live in a world that doesn't recognize the soul or isn't connected to the body wisdom generally, or we're not in a community where that's fostered, when there's not authentic communication, when it's just shallow or what's the weather and that's it, it just stops there <laughs> and and there's nothing more. You know, personally, I have a hard time with that because I don't feel fulfilled by the conversation or the lack of presence embodied presence by the people I'm with I would rather be alone by myself and having a more fulfilling connection with nature mm-hmm. with my journaling with myself and meditation walking in a forest moving my body practicing yoga whatever that is I'm way more fulfilled and connected in those moments than I feel with people who aren't present or Mm -hmm. embodied or soulful and it doesn't mean that I don't ever go out it just means that I try to go into and be around people and cultivate relationships with those who can meet me in that way so Mm -hmm. that I receive the human connection that I desire and that's even honestly I love working with my clients because I feel that depth Mm -hmm. and soul when we're working together and 
because I feel like we're always hand in hand. Mm -hmm. And I, I just love being able to witness them and hold space Mm -hmm. for them and that depth and that realness and that rawness. It, it's also really fulfilling and connecting and I think that's why I felt so strongly about creating the soul embodiment Sundays is I realized there's this need for that, for more of that soulful connection in the mm-hmm. world where it's real for heart-centered people who want to gather in community and feel seen and heard and, and receive that support on the path when it's not the path of the majority of people right now yet. Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to add something, you know, as you were mentioning, sometimes it feels better to be alone than with a partner. And the reason all that you said is true. And if you don't know how to connect with yourself and your expectation is I want to bring somebody in my life so I can feel the love, feel the emptiness with, and uh, fulfill my emptiness with that person. And then that person comes and shatters your expectation because nobody can do that for you. Then, of course, the pain of that, because yet again, that person putting salt in your wound causes you feel like, oh, no, I feel even better to be alone. Because why? Because it's safer to be alone. Because your expectation is shattered because you thought that person that is in your life is supposed to make you happy and give you whatever you were missing and is not. And therefore, wait a minute, maybe it's better for me to be alone. It's a way of protection as well, Mm -hmm. I feel. So... Again, is like if I do my work that I need to do to connect with myself, then it would not be that painful to be with someone that I no longer put the expectation of that person's job is to make me happy or fulfill something in me that I don't feel that I seek loneliness, then I feel like if I'm alone, it's better. But yet, of course, if you're there, then your expectation is now, can I have a deeper conversation with this person? Can I have a a spiritual partner that actually helps me in my journey to bring me to my next level of evolution? by not necessarily agreeing with me, but just bringing something new for me that ignites something new with me. And I think for me these days, that, those are the most thoughtful enjoyment conversation that I have. Not someone in agreeing with me, but bringing something new that brings that curiosity yet back in. And I realize, oh, there's so many ways that we can we still our thought and perception and filter is still there no matter how hard we try right again with communing with others we can little by little one step at a time 
just get rid of that filter because we don't know what we don't know. But if you're in the right place, right commune with others who are in the same path, then we have the opportunity to see things that we would not be able to see otherwise. I love playing with these various distinctions of what it actually feels like to be alone. Because mm -hmm. for me, it was being with somebody who didn't have the capacity to be outside of his ego and see me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some people call it a narcissist. I think that word is way overused and way misunderstood. But what it can be is when somebody isn't able to be in their heart, they're not mm -hmm. able to see you with their heart and they see you as an extension of themselves or they are blind to you and your own needs, feelings, experience, no matter what you say, no matter what you do. But and... just I'm curious, I want to ask you a question. Do you think where you are now, would you at all attract a person like that in your life? I would say that at that time, the reason I felt so alone is because I was too afraid to act on my own behalf to leave the relationship once I realized he did not have the capacity to see me. Do I think I could attract somebody? I think that it's possible to attract them, but I would not put up with it or tolerate it. I would probably see through their energy and trust my own intuition, but I attract a lot of people. <laughs> Um, and people are attracted to me who I quite frankly would never be with, but that doesn't mean right. That I would be in a relationship with them. And in that sense, no, I don't think I would attract them into my life in an mm -hmm. intimate way. Mm -hmm. And if I did, cause I have been on like, say dates where pretty early on, I'm like, wow, you definitely don't have the capacity that I do. <laughs> and that's okay. It doesn't make them wrong doesn't make me right it doesn't make better or less than it's being honest right it's being discerning because I have learned that the more capacity I develop for love for emotional intimacy for sexual intimacy because my capacity now from 10 years ago is like worlds different that even if I still attract a random person off the street or somewhere when I'm out there aren't the people I'm necessarily inviting in to my life uh, or to have a deep conversation with. And so the, the relationship itself changes because what I desire changes, not out of need, not out of lack, but as you said, you want more because you realize you are worthy of more and you realize that you are worthy of being seen. And that, and that particular relationship I did not yet know deeply, especially in an embodied way. I knew intellectually, but I did not know in an embodied way that I was worthy of being seen for who I am as I am, not who he wanted me to be. Yeah, and I think sometimes, you know, naturally as we change our energetic attraction changes and we no longer find ourselves attractive to the same type or not only that they don't not find us attractive the same way you know because if there is just something that is not a right match energetically and we might go on a date but soon after a date as you were saying we know okay this is just not a 
and they probably know it too intuitively. And they might choose to still want to do it. They have their own reasoning. But if you're aware and you're really, your purpose is to really find someone that in deep level you can connect, not just to be sexually active, then you know that person is probably not the one for you. <laughs> you know, maybe we should have a whole podcast about this because, you know, one of the things I think about saying um, when I hear that is what I've been noticing is that and this is just in general in life, not even in the context of romantic relationships, but that when we develop a higher capacity and really do deep level soul embodiment work, I I have needs, desires, and wishes for the relationship that the other person doesn't have because they're not there to have them. (laughs) They don't know what's missing because I'm in a different place than they are. And so my desires for a certain level of say, emotional intimacy, they don't even have the capacity to understand that. And so I'm the one quote, missing something. They're not, it's everything they want. They have it like, they're like, this is exactly what I want, but it's not what I want because I want more. And I used to be so ashamed of the desire for more and judge it and make it wrong. But really what the desire for more is, is it's your soul saying, I desire to expand into something new. I desire something I haven't yet experienced before. I desire to expand my own capacity with someone else who can meet me there. And, and again, that's why I think that, you know, it's one thing to do this work alone. It's a completely different experience when we are in a group, as you said earlier, and we expand our capacity together and, and really, you know, energy is able to, to move in unique ways with the energy of the group. That's why I know when I teach any of my group programs, and I imagine that you're the same, Nash, that we... The, it's very intuitively tailored to the energy of who is present because that energy informs, you know, where we can go and what is desired and what is needed. And, and, and that, that soul, the higher self, the soul directs it because that's the magic of this realm. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a power in that, that you can only sense that when you're in it, in that group. And uh, definitely, uh, I highly recommend it. Uh, having the finding your group, being in the right community can make a huge difference in so many levels. When you feel that there's a space that it, you feel is safe, if you feel that is the opening for everything, anything that wants to show up, and there's the place that they can hold your vulnerability, your fear, your all of that can be held and seen, then you feel seen. And from that, the growth happens. So um, thank you, Jessica, for this conversation and for what you're doing. Uh, and if you want to let us know one more time how they can get and uh, to the link, I guess we put it on the show notes if anybody's interested. Uh, to be part of that group and uh, they can find the link later on 
But if yeah, anything I'll else you want to add. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Show notes. We start October 22nd. We'll be meeting once a month on a Sunday. And it's $13 a month. You can join. You can also just send us a message if, if you're not sure if you have questions. But it's on the path to sovereignty.com website. And we're grateful for you all for being here, for listening, being part of the Radically Embodied Love podcast community. Stay tuned. We'll be celebrating our one-year anniversary soon. So much love. Yeah, as always, if you find this beneficial, uh, we would appreciate if you also share it with others that they might also find something in this that helped them. And we appreciate you always to be here and listening to us and leave us a comment. We would love to hear from you. Thank you.